Hey everybody, what is up? This is Devin Roberts back on Beacon Broadcasting and happy to be bringing you the news this week. We have Jordan Crippen back on again. Um, she's been on for her, I think this is our third what? time, third time, third podcast, um, second time as, our, as being a host. How are you liking it so far, Jordan, actually? Really, really love it. I'm so glad to be here and uh, I'm glad to be a part of this. I'm glad, I'm glad. It's been nice having you on the podcast. Really nice to bounce ideas off of someone. So, uh, for everyone listening, if you haven't been with us the last week or two weeks, it's been a hectic 2020. World War III already almost got started. And this morning, to everyone's surprise, the whole Russian government resigned, which is the first thing we really wanted to bring up in this podcast. It's definitely going to be, hopefully, a major point in the news over the next couple of days. Um, Jordan was checking Twitter, and it turns out it's not even trending after happening this morning. Um you didn't really research, see too much into what happened, so I'm probably going to go into the explanation of it if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, I, I did a little bit of research, but I didn't get much. So I'll recap it, and then we can like go into discussion about it from there. Okay. So from the way I understand what I read, and there are only a few publications out there really doing on this story right now, which was one of the most interesting facts. Um, we were looking up on Twitter and Google News and different things of that nature, trying to find... Oops. My alarm went off. My bad, everybody. Um, we were trying to find information about what happened, exactly what prompted the rest of the government to resign, et cetera, et cetera. And really no one was talking about it. It wasn't trending on Twitter. It wasn't, um, a consistent, it wasn't in the consistent news cycle yet. So we're going to be one of the first people to talk about it. Hopefully you get insight from that. But the idea is Vladimir Putin, the current president of Russia is done being the president of Russia in 2024. But Vladimir Putin has been known to want to hold power past his presidency for a long time. Many of his rivals and adversaries of media have claimed this of him forever. He recently made a deal, or I guess within the last few weeks, has made a deal with his prime minister and respective cabinet to increase the abilities and political powers of the prime minister position. Now, why all that matters is that there is heavy, heavy belief among Russian citizens and government officials that Vladimir Putin intends to run for prime minister of Russia after his presidential campaign in 2024 comes to an end. Um, so people are believing he is powering up the prime minister position with his position as president for intent to run on it. This is almost such a discussed point at this point that it's it's fact. Vladimir Putin is very, very likely to run for the prime minister position. He's shown and spoken of interest in it in the past. And not only that, this morning when he put um, the proposition to the American people that he was going to empower this position, the whole cabinet and current prime minister resigned. They're being required to hold and continue their duties until a new prime minister and new cabinet can be elected. But as for now, they've resigned officially from their duties. This is a huge step to consolidate Vladimir Putin's monarchical power in Russia, and I'm not comfortable with it, and I really, really didn't see anywhere talking about it. So, Jordan, that's kind of what happened. I'm, I, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm very surprised that, because it not this like the equivalent if, as if everybody in the Senate just decided to resign all at once after the after the president gives them more power? It'd be like if Vice President um, Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the um, whole legislative branch wound up resigning would be more equivocal. They don't have yeah. um, 
nearly as many politicians in Russia as they do in America, and the ones that hold the power is significantly closer to the top. It's less dispersed throughout the political spectrum. So the people who were resigning held a huge amount of the power that kept Putin in check, showing that he had his control over that specific section of government, which not only is that something people talk about in America a lot with... Um, I guess, doomsday-style mindsets that maybe an American president will attempt to overthrow the government, consolidate power, will wind up on a tyrannical reign. Well, we're watching it happen in Russia. Not only are we watching it happen in Russia, no one's talking about it. I don't know what to do about that. The concept of Russia being able, or I guess Vladimir Putin specifically in Russia, being able to consolidate power and take it from his legislative branch of government scares me. I don't really know exactly where it's going to go over the next couple of days or where um, it's going to be taken or how the world's going to respond to the fact that the Russian government has bowed and allowed us to do that or how the Russian people respond. There's a great, ch great chance we see protests. Vladimir Putin has strong support in Russia, so that might be unlikely and it's a little cold out there to protest, but I don't know. What do you think? What's your thoughts on it at this point? What do you... What do you think will happen, I guess? Well, a better question would be, what's your prediction? What's going to come of this in the next few days and weeks as we see the news progress, do you think? I, I don't know. The news controls the narrative, and if it's not within their uh, narrative to even put this story out there and try to get it at like the top of our, of our news, it's not going to. Uh, especially, like I bet that this is big news in Russia and in that part of the world. But sure. here in America, I don't see this really blowing up the way that I would have hoped it to. Uh, foreign relations doesn't seem to be a big deal when uh, next Tuesday our president is uh, going to be up for impeachment. Which, I mean, I guess technically, don't forget, he's already been impeached. Yeah, he's yeah, up he's for, been impeached. I'm sorry. I guess he's, he's, up, up, for, he's up for the Senate to... Try him. Remove him, I guess. Yeah. Would be the would be there's a term for it, I'm sure. Trump will get Trump, you're fired, that kind of thing. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> well, no, I get that, but I mean the Iran deal was such a world stage piece of news that and I enjoy especially that's a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is kind of US news and their relation to world and other countries based on that news. And something like Russia kicking the rest of its government to the curb is almost unprecedented. It's terrifying. I can't believe it's not being... In the publications they're publishing about it, it's, it's honestly, it's liberal publications. I can't find anything on Box. I find plenty on CNN, MSNBC. Um, I don't know the, the, the news angle here for it, but it's... It's a mess, that's for sure. First 15 days of 2020. Putin right now actually believes himself to be the richest man on earth. Is he? Yeah, uh, he nobody knows. Yeah, he, yeah. They say that he could be anywhere, uh, like celebritynetworth.com says that a uh, more conservative estimate of what he's worth is $70 billion, but he considers everything in the Russian territory to be his and claims that he's worth actually $200 billion. And Jeff Bezos is, I believe, 100 and something billion. So he's more rich than Jeff Bezos. I mean, I can believe it. So, um, but the thing is, his reported 2015 salary was $137,000. So where do you think he gets all this money? I don't know. 
Politicians always get their money from the exact same places. Huge, huge lobbyist donors. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the difference with Putin is he has full control of his country at this point. He actually wound up appointing a replacement to the prime minister position recently. The What is his name? I'm, I'm going to have to read this off to pronounce it. Um, Mikhail Mishushin. Um, yeah, I oh, couldn't pronounce that Mikhail either. Mikhail Mishushin. You could say he's a technocrat who was in charge of the tax services in Russia, essentially someone who's been in Putin's little corner of politicians that have been trying to keep him consolidate his power for a while. So it's a prop-up prime minister until Putin can run for the position, seems to be what I understand about it. And this is all, like, coming out today and this morning. Like, they resigned this morning. Not only that, the other thing, like, um, transferring off Russia for a second, we wanted to bring up, and I did, was looking more into this, the... The Meghan, Merkel, and Prince Harry resigning last week. That was January 8th, I think, came out. Turns out, reading more into that, they didn't tell any royal family. No one knew. They just went on the news um, and wound up resigning from royal duties. Um, they're moving to America soon, Prince Harry and his wife. And they, the paparazzi has been such a big point of contention on their life that they're stepping back from royal duties, hoping that the paparazzi will leave them alone once they get to America. Uh, yeah, they, um, they, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, he's been, hasn't he been, uh, exiled to South Africa before? Has he? I believe so that he was exiled to, uh, South Africa with his wife because she wasn't following the rules in the palace. Really? Yeah, but then they they went back for they went back very shortly afterwards. It was That's a very small cool. scandal, but it seems like you're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> they had a documentary while they were there. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so just too much drama. It's glad I'm glad that they're able to get out of that because it seems like that has been a total nightmare for them. They just wanted out. They're not even. I don't get it. They're not even political players. They're like prop pieces and celebrities over there. You would think like. What expelling them from the royal palace? That just sounds so unbelievably it's juvenile, or maybe like Game of Thrones. I guess like we are expelling you and your wife from the royal palace is just the I don't know. These are politics don't get quite that dramatic. I mean, if my family decide, or if my husband's family even decided to uh, have us exiled from their home, I can only imagine uh, not ever wanting to go back so props to them for actually going back after being invited again I can imagine if there was paparazzi out of you and John's house like just outside trying to get, <laughs> guys guys come out let's take a picture oh my god uh, I would not he, would, he wouldn't take it because he'd be, he'd be moving to South Africa too he'd be like Jordan we're out of here um, no I definitely understand their decision to try to kind of get out of that light that's been a been a point of contention for them for a while, and that's been a Europe's had a history of that with the royal family, just the paparazzi getting over crazy about it. I think it was Princess Diana that died in the car accident yes. a while ago um, that's made it so such a big deal. Um, really interesting stuff, but having so many different government officials resign in the same week on such a world scale gives me anxiety. Iran is going insane. You said there was an arrest um, in the Iranian plane missile last week missile plane shooting down of Canadian citizen yeah uh since our podcast that we had last week 
we actually did confirm that it was the Iranian government that shot down the civilian plane that went over Iran. Uh, they admitted it. And now uh, after thousands of Iranians were protesting their own government uh, and actually they even refused to walk on a uh, on a American flag that was laid out for the protesters to trample on. Oh, really? They refused to, to walk on it. They respected that flag, but they were protesting their own government. And in order to appease them, they has have stated this morning that arrests have been made for that uh, that missile. The particular crime, the war crime. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, I'm good on Iran for figuring out who did it, but we don't know who or why or what was arrested or why it happened. And honestly, this could be another play just to appease their people. Their base. And that's that's what Iran's really playing at. They're playing at that um, publicity game right now. Their appearances really, really matter, which is most of the reason they're keeping in check and being manageable. Um, So, yeah, it's it's been a wild week, especially for the rest of the world like that. We haven't even... Only we brought up an American politician. Yeah, that's Iran blowing up the world. Britain's royal family is resigning. Vladimir Putin has taken tyrannical control over Russia, and we are two weeks in so far. I like the twenties. Um, what else? We got Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. That's something I definitely want to talk about. That freaked me out. I know that we talk a lot of crap about Bernie Sanders on this show, but from a I hate his policies perspective. We all know that. I hate his policies. Despise him. I think he's he's rather rather foolish when it comes to the way he presents his politics and the way he intends to go about implementing him. But I think he is a good guy that means very well. I do believe exactly. Bernie Sanders has a heart of gold. I believe he cares about the American people. I'd shake his hand. I would. I would. I have respect for him as a person. I do believe that there's zero chance that he is a sexist, which is what Elizabeth Warren's claiming. Um, but, I mean, you're also the only girl of the two of us on this podcast, so maybe you have a different opinion based on things Bernie has said, but he's never crossed me in that respect at all, especially to be called that on such a world stage. I doubt that he was sexist, uh, maybe, or sexist, but I may, I think that maybe... Uh, she mistook something that he may have said right. because right now when you, when you're when you're going for the the main democratic uh, candidate that we're going to have again, running against Trump, uh, we already know that um, that Hillary Clinton didn't cut it, and uh, Elizabeth Warren is a lot less uh, she's a lot less marketable. Than Hillary Clinton was. I agree with that. Much and, less marketable. Yeah, so she's she and and all of the other uh, women on the Democratic debate right now, uh, none of them can even compare to what Hillary Clinton had. So he probably was saying something along the lines of, "It's not going to be any of you women that are on the Democratic." Um, that, so you don't think yeah. Elizabeth Warren's outright lying? You think no. she misunderstood something? I think that she may have misunderstood because I don't because with every lie, it's based off of some truth. And honestly, I think that he may have said something along those lines. I don't know. I haven't. Uh, he hasn't released a statement other than that he did not say that no woman was would ever be president. Uh, I saw a video circulating Facebook and Twitter of him telling a classroom full of girls like. 
elementary school girls, you should run for president. Like, you can be president one day. And, like, the, the energy and just the excitement he had with those statements, like, whatever she statement he may have made, if he did, I, I personally think she is very close on the nomination and ex- really wants to get it. Mm-hmm. Someone in her corner told her, you're really not going to, like, sell out Bernie Sanders a little bit for the nomination, and she wound up doing it maybe quicker than she intended and wants to pull it back. I just can't imagine saying something like that with how his, like, to be as involatile as the position he's in, running for the place of office that he's running for, every conversation he's ever had, every interview for the past 60 years, he's got the jargon down perfect. He knows what words can't leave his mouth, and there's no way he'd look at his direct greatest opponent and be like, nah, women can't win. Like, that would just be... Yeah. Like, it has to be a twist of and, things. And honestly, he seems like a very genuine and very nice person. And I don't think that he would say anything mean about anybody like that. Um, I think that he would be uh, very nice and courteous. So I don't, I just, I don't see him ever saying anything so rude like that. Nope, I completely agree. Bernie seems like a good guy. And, uh, you know, and we're, we're, Republican on this show, libertarian at best. We definitely don't support most of the Democratic candidates. I enjoyed Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard. I could have um, at least supported both of them as people running for the election, but I do not like many of the candidates there a lot. But here on Beacon, we're not going to tell you who we want to win right now. I want to take guesses at the nomination. I want us to like place bets, per se. Who do you think is going to win the nomination as of now, we finished all the debates. We're done with the Democratic debates up until, I think, the first week of February. We wind up voting on who the actual nominee will be. Who do you think is going to get it? So Bernie Sanders is definitely the public favorite right now. Agreed. But uh, with the Democratic, uh, with their party, he's unpopular because they see him as an extremist. He is an extremist. And he is. <laughs> yeah. So because he refuses to be moderate and any of his views, and he's actually getting more extreme every single day, that is why I personally don't support him or even I, I don't think that even if he got the nominee, uh, that he would, uh, or if, that he, if he got the nomination, I don't think that he would stand a chance against Trump because he's so extreme in his policies. And uh, I've talked to a few Democrats who have said that uh, they want him because he is going to usher in total socialism. Um, and that's basically why the Democratic Party doesn't want him to win. And that's why they shut him down last year or not last year, but last election period. Mm-hmm. And they're going to shut him. They're going to try to shut him down again. But it's not going to work as good this time because he has a lot. He has a huge base of support. Much bigger base. This Much time bigger around. base. So. Uh, whereas Andrew Yang kind of, he wasn't even able to, uh, participate in the last debate because of, of some, uh, I guess he didn't meet all the requirements for candidacy. He was was seventh in line. So they had like a top six and Andrew Yang was seventh. Yeah. Um, I don't know how some of these people, Amy Kolchevar, I forget how you exactly pronounce her last name, but pulled in front of Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang somehow, like, uh, who in the world is voting for... The, I, I don't really understand it. I think it's manipulated by the DNC and CNN. Um, also, why do you have to have so many uh, so many people who fund you? 
uh, is like, I guess that's one of the requirements in order to be on the debate stage is to have uh, a, certain so many, yeah, a, certain, a certain amount of money backing. Right. Like, that would have never even flown in the beginning of America and the start of America when we were first, when we first got George Washington. He didn't even want to be president. Um, but that would have never flown there. Like, that just shows that there are people who are buying this candidate. You used to get lobbyists ahead of time. As the election came up, you would get lobbyists before the, you even got the nomination. By the time it was time to nominate, you would know who got it based on who has the highest number of lobbyists. That's what happened with Hillary Clinton. Um, super PAC lobbyists wound up, Bernie was nearly about to win. And then like four or five super PAC lobbyists, so like the ones that are extremely worth the most number, are directly controlled by the DNC, and the DNC just picks where they go and gave all the votes to Hillary Clinton, and she yeah. won. But the, after that, Bernie supporters were so furious, they changed the way they handled it so that there were no delegates handed out before the actual vote for the primaries took place to kind of try to lower the level of influence the DNC could have on the initial election, which is Bernie's only chance. So it's really, we're really going to have to see at the polls. And I mean, I'm not going out for that vote, so it doesn't matter for me, but everyone else um, on the Democratic side has a big decision to make. I've been talking to some people there divided. It's not going to be like a Bernie versus Biden. Like Warren is still very popular in people's mind. Um, Buttigieg is still very popular. And who's the new, the, the Democratic Trump that's running so many ads? The um, He's a executive. Mike Bloomberg? I yeah. Think so, yeah. Yeah, Bloomberg. New guy running who also thinks he's still, how do you come in halfway through it being over and still think you have a chance to get the nomination? I don't get it. It's yeah. like, you think you're going to wind up in first place within the next three weeks? That's insane to me. Yeah, and... Um... I believe, yeah, Mike Bloomberg is worth $58 billion. God, he, that's yeah. why I call him Democratic Trump. No, he is. No, he is Democratic Trump all What's, the way. How much, what company does he own? He owns one of the publications, um, not CNN, but um, maybe uh, um, news. Yeah, what, what news publication is he on? I know they said they weren't going to do specific news publications. Um, uh, he was the mayor of New York City from 2002 to 2013. Um, looks like went to Harvard University. Harvard Mayor Rich Mike Bloomberg for President.com. Yeah, all Democrats lost to watching my show. Please vote Mike Bloomberg. That's who I want you to vote. Mike Bloomberg 2020 launches Women for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> a groundswell movement to energize women across the country who support Bloomberg's efforts to defeat Donald Trump, unite the country, and rebuild America. Yeah, I don't think that he even stands a chance, honestly. Oh, he doesn't stand no, a chance. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, he doesn't stand a chance. And as much as I would love Yang to be um, to be on the, the stage with Trump, I highly doubt that's going to happen as well. I think there is a... Um, an issue with Yang and his Yang gang. Uh, I believe, I don't even know where it was. It was somewhere around, I was either Ohio or Indiana. Um, he got a bunch of support and a bunch, like he, he got all of the, he had, he had a petition of people who supported him. He had a list of supporters mm -hmm. and he didn't file it right, I guess. And so they didn't count it because it wasn't filed right. 
Right. And he, like, he, he was just like, well, it was too complicated. Well, I've, all the other candidates filed it correctly. <laughs> so uh, that just shows me right off the bat that he's kind of incompetent with his team. Like, we'll take the runs through the... I mean, to be fair, but when you're starting from zero, you are... St- I mean... Yeah. I was gonna say you're start starting True. with the same resources, but at the same time, if you're a if you got that many billions of dollars, I'm telling you, I could figure out how to get the paperwork in with yeah. billions of dollars. So, all these Democratic candidates have taken up too much time. The question still remains: Who do you think is going to get the nomination? Who do you, who do you think is going to be Trump's bitter rival in this next election? Who's going to be who's going to get it? I put my vote out on a piece of content earlier this week, so I have to stick with mine. What's your vote? I absolutely have. No clue. No I think, clue. I honestly think that uh, Bernie Sanders should be the nominee, but I I think that the Democratic Party is more leaning to Elizabeth Warren. But there's no way uh, there's no way on earth that she stands a chance against Trump. So they might not even go for her because Bernie has way more supporters on the ground. I think they give it to Bernie. Yeah. I think that I think they'll wind up. I think they're going to swallow their pride and they're going to be like, we'd rather have Bernie then lose to Trump again. And that's going to be the end of it. And I'll be real, Bernie is the only candidate that has any chance of standing up to Trump verbally. I, I talk about it a lot, why I think Andrew Yang or Elizabeth Warren would have struggles with Trump on a debate stage. He's just a, he's a clever talker and he's really good at um, comebacks and riling up a crowd in a way that I don't see in Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Andrew Yang. I see it in Bernie Sanders. I saw it in Tulsi Gabbard a little bit, and I think they might have a chance to compete with Trump on that stage. But the second the Democratic nominee and Trump go into their first debate, there will be nothing else on the news between then and November. So what's said on those stages, how, who wins night to night, is going to make or break the election. So I would very much put weight, if I were the Democratic Party, into who has the the verbal know-how to spar with Trump on the debate stage. And honestly, Bernie Sanders, you ask him anything about uh, about how his policies work, about money, uh, anything that has to do with economics, he completely shuts down. He does not understand anything about anything in that that perspective you would even think that he would have something ready for when you talk about you know in uh the universal health care that he wants to implement uh no he has no clue how he's going to pay for it all the truth is it's going to be paid for by tax dollars i'm all for universal medicare uh but the thing is we already spend we already pay over 30 percent of taxes and with that money you could easily fund a, uh, a universal health care here in America, but that's not going to happen. They're going to tax us more, and I'm totally against that. Now, I did see, Bernie did say, I will defend him in this case in Devil's Advocate and Joe Rogan's podcast, that people that made under 75000 a year would not see a tax increase. I don't believe that, but that is what he said. And he did and say... Then, and he he's did hurting a, the middle class if, he, if he's doing that he as well. They're, they're, where they pinpoint the middle class and where you and I probably pinpoint the middle class is not the same spot. Okay. To them, middle class is 35K. To me, middle class is like 60 or 70K. I think yeah. But that, that may be inaccurate. You know, I, they, I, I would argue he may know better than I do. But the point is, he argued that he could take taxes that are already being spent 
tax the rich, divert money from military spending, and we wouldn't have to get raising taxes for our Medicare for all. He also claims we can do clean energy and um, college for all, free college and college debt forgiveness with the exact same method. So he has a very sweeping method for each of his policies, which is reallocate money to these policies without charging more. And the truth is when any no sitting president can reallocate money that easily. And when you try to get it passed to reallocate money like that, there are too many hands in the pot. You're going to have to charge people more money to implement these systems. And I, I, I don't understand how the American people could be tricked into feeling like their taxes will not go up, but they will get a bunch of free stuff. Like read any publication, like, like the history of Venezuela is, almost unbelievable how quickly turning to socialism and um, Medicare for all crush their economy and the value of their dollar. And I think the exact same thing happens to America if Bernie Sanders winds up in office. Yeah. And on top of that, um, with the, I, I've actually used to be a Bernie supporter and I used to be a Democrat at one point. And, um, I, and consequently I was still in a few of Demo- of uh, Bernie Sanders Facebook groups. I'm in all those groups. I'm in yes. both sides groups. So I got argued. So do you also see uh, that in those groups there is a very big divide in his supporters? There are people who want um, people who want more gun control. There are people who don't want more gun control and actually believe in the Second Amendment. There, uh, there's a huge divide. In people who believe in socialism, and people who just believe in social, um, social democratic, like ism. I don't know how. Like the <laughs> like socialism light. Yes. Is that what you're trying to yes. imply? So there, there are people. Who, Liberalism maybe would be the right term. But so there are people who support him in all of his extremist ways and actually want him to go further and deeper into extremism. And then there are also people who want him to be a little bit more moderate and are kind of upset that he's going that way. Um, And honestly, I think that big divide is going to uh, is going to be dangerous if he even I don't think he stands a chance against Trump. But if after Trump, he decides to run, it might be dangerous. To be honest, Bernie is not going to have a chance to run against Trump because of his age. And I think we both know that. He's, um, I think he is only a few years older than Trump. He is, but the way he... Trump could have ran in two, two more... Um, two more terms? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, no way. Yeah. That's just he's not, he's not in an age range for that. Um, and Bernie's base can't agree on policy. And mostly because, and this is a point I wanted to bring up, Bernie's base and the Democratic base doesn't vote based on policy. They vote based on the person, their moral ground, where they stand, who they see as a good guy, which is why a lot of the candidates on stage don't talk about their policy as much as they maybe should. They spend more time focusing on things like who they dislike, who they intend to take down, what countries they agree and disagree with, what groups of marginalized people they support the most and prove that they did so, because they're trying to prove their moral character instead of their um, political prowess. It's about feeling. It's about feeling, exactly, and that. And I, I respect people who can vote on policy, and I think voting on policy, I, was, I felt like I, vo- I would have voted on feeling properly when I was younger, but now that I'm reasonably inclined toward politics, I would definitely say I'd vote toward policy and would suggest everyone else does. You can have a, you know, if, you were, if you're sitting here asking me who I think is a, a better person to have dinner with Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, it's Bernie Sanders. Like yes. If I believe who has less blood on their hands, it's Bernie Sanders. If I believe who loves Americans more, it's Bernie Sanders. If I believe who can run this country better, it's Donald Trump who will 
save our economy. It's Donald Trump who will keep us in the least number of wars in the most cost-effective way. It's Donald Trump. So. Exactly. Like Bernie Sanders is a genuine and good person, and Donald Trump is a big scary meanie head. Oh, and, big scary meanie head. Yes, and so that scares a lot of the Democrats. That's why they always think that he is the the devil or comparable to Hitler. Um, <laughs> One of my friends actually said that he was Hitler earlier today before I even told her about what's going on in China. Um, but anyways, so people literally see him as Hitler because he's a big scary meanie head, but he does a lot of good for our country. So there there comes the, yeah, he like he's raw and he's himself and so is Bernie and Bernie is a lot more nice, cuddly little teddy bear. And Trump is like the, the very raw and he will roast you and tell the you everything man. that you're doing bad. You know, he, he will call you out. You're fired. That's yeah. just, it's his, it's his, it's his brand. It's exactly what he's, he's ran on. And I think, I think that's going to serve him well heading into this election. I think that contrast makes him look strong. And I think he knows that. And I think Trump, the way he's built his brand will keep him looking better than democratic candidates. Um, but to be honest, I think we're getting pretty close to most of our points for this week. Do we have anything else we're missing that we want to bring up? Um, there is the, the medical, um, or, Okay, so there there is a new proposal uh, by the Republican Party to go ahead and and put a uh, a drug test on everybody who has food stamps right now. Oh, interesting! And that is going to be a bit problematic because for people who are Republicans, uh, we we like our taxpayer money not to go to. Um, you know, the the crackhead on the street who is going to buy food, take it back and re- return it for money and then use that for drugs or use that for, you know, anything besides food, um, which happens a lot. I used to work at, um, at, a, at a supermarket, kind of like Walmart, but it was up north. It was called Meyer. And that happened all the time. But instead of giving them cash back, we would give them tickets, which were worked just like money in our store, mm-hmm. but it was just to be used in our store. Right, store credit. So, um, so they would go to the gas station with those tickets and they would buy cigarettes with it. And it's taxpayer money. And it, like, it goes to them and they can do, I guess, whatever they want with it. But it, it would be a lot more preferable if they just used it for food. On top of that, um, there's also a work requirement for people who are on food stamps. They have to work a minimum of 20 hours a week. Right, a work for welfare program, yes. essentially. A drug testing work for welfare minimum program. So the drug testing, though, that mo- most people who are on food stamps aren't doing drugs. But that is some of, you know, some of them. Of do. course. Uh Drug testing everybody is going to cost us a lot more in taxpayer money. I'm very aware. <laughs> and so would you rather use that money to to go ahead and 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 solve a symptom of an epidemic that's happening? We have a very bad drug epidemic right now here in America. There's op- uh, more opioid um, deaths here in America than uh, than any year in the past. Like we're just... We're ramping on it. Yes, it's and it's insane. 
uh, right now at the border, they're they're also uh, getting more drugs than ever as well. They're they're confiscating more drugs than ever. No, the cartels are at full power, pretty much complete control of Mexico at this point. Yes. Um, so, uh, so treating a symptom of the actual problem, I think, would be a poor use of taxpayer money. I think that our taxpayer money should be going to. Uh, making sure that these drugs don't get in the hands of them, which means building the wall. And it also uh, should go to programs to help these people who are stuck in addiction getting out of addiction because addiction is a real thing. I'm addicted to sugar and I admit it's super hard to stop. You know, that's my New Year's resolution is to not have any sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, very interesting uh, to see that the Republican Party is trying to push this, and I just don't think it's very well uh, and good use for our money. My dad personally thinks different. He loves it, and I think that a lot of people who are listening to this probably also feel like it's a good thing, but there's just a little bit of problems with it. Uh, we would like you to let us know how you feel. We have a Facebook page. Uh, that we just launched and uh, I made a post about it. So please go to the comment section on that. Tell us how you feel about that. And uh, and please join join our Facebook group. It's uh, it's a lot of fun over there. We're gonna we we just start we just started ramping everything up over there and it's it's gonna be a party. Yeah. If you're looking for that Facebook group, it is Beacon Broadcasting, the political harmony of Facebook, because we're not gonna let everyone argue the whole time. They're going to try but we're going to try to hold healthy debate over there. And if you hear something on here that you're really interested in and just want to let us know how you feel, you can use the Anchor app, which is where we're hosted, to leave a message. It's kind of like a voicemail, essentially, that you can leave our podcast. And maybe we'll play it on our next podcast or respond to you and let you know what we think about your thoughts. Um, so you're welcome to do that on anchor.fm slash podcasting if you're interested in any of that. But I think we're getting close. We've hit about our 40-minute mark, so I think that's going to be... Our time for the day? Do we have anything else, anything specific else you want to bring up? Uh, There is absolutely nothing else. I think we're good. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you for coming on the podcast again. I have had a blast talking with you these last couple weeks, and we are going to continue this week to week. We think we're going to make our permanent publication day Thursday. Guys, I'm thinking Thursdays around 5 p.m. when everyone's getting off work. That seems to be the best time when we're getting the most traction, so expect our podcast from here on in to try to stick around that schedule. If you're looking for more Beacon, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and so many other places. If you are looking for more Jordan content, we will be publishing that absolutely soon. She's been working on her videos and pieces for you guys, and we are putting out um, article publications at the end of this week. It's going to be on Medium. It's a big surprise for you guys. You're going to be super stoked once you see it. I'll be sharing that all over my Snapchat and my Instagram. It's going to be great. So, if you got anything to say to us, leave it in the comments, leave us a voice message, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you made it to this point, I truly am appreciative. Um, I hope to see you guys all next time. So, Jordan, anything you'd like to say? No, nope. it was good talking to you guys, and uh, thank you for listening. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, Jordan, and thank all y'all for listening. This is the Beacon Broadcast. I'm Devin Roberts, and we are out.